Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Big League Philanthropist Podcast, where we talk to athletes and nonprofits about the power of sports and what they're doing to make a difference in their own communities. I'm your host, Danielle Berman. I'm the founder and CEO of Tackle What's Next, where we help athletes create impact after the game and find their purpose in life after sports. Join me and learn more about how athletes all over the world are changing not only their own lives, but the lives of others around them. Welcome to the Big League Philanthropist. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Big League Philanthropist podcast. I've missed being here with you guys. We are back for season two, and boy, has a lot changed about the world since we started season one of this podcast a little over a year ago today. The world has gone virtual, and while that has involved a lot of growing pains for everyone, we've been taking advantage of everyone being on Zoom all the time to bring you some really great guests for this awesome season of the LP. We've got some incredible athletes who are on the front lines of some really awesome social movements that we know you all care about to some really incredible and awesome founders and executive directors who are getting things done in the community. We've done some housekeeping as well on the Big League Philanthropist side too. We're now a part of the Tackle What's Next content family. So you can visit us at tacklewhatsnext.com slash media to see all our latest episodes. And of course, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. And we are not done recording season two. So if you know of any athletes doing some great work in the community that we need to feature, you can shoot us an email at info at tacklewhatsnext.com to let us know. And friendly reminder, you can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen so we can reach even more awesome people. Today, we spoke with Marcus Alston, a friend of mine and the founder of Alston for Athletes. And Alston for Athletes helps to provide a better foundation of physical, mental, and emotional wellness for the future generations of athletes through sports mentoring. And Marcus started this organization a little over a year ago. It's really been incredible to see how much they've grown and how much they've developed programming and awesome opportunities um, over the past year plus. Marcus chats with me about his struggles with mental health, his own personal advice and what worked for him to kind of get out of some funks. And he offers advice to athletes who might be struggling with mental illness too. His biggest piece of advice, which I will, uh, you know, back up for sure is don't go it alone. And so I want to throw some resources out there. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental illness, you can visit a lot of sites, nami.org, n-a-m-i.org, helpwhenyouneedit.org, or of course the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. We'll throw those in the show notes as well. Of course, want to make sure people know where they can go if they do need help. Marcus and I also chatted about his love for football. He played football in college and really how football and sports specifically helped him find his purpose and has really helped him grow Alston for athletes and make some connections. And obviously his uh, organization is built upon having athletes come in as mentors and supporting fellow athletes. Marcus is such a strong person. He speaks out so eloquently about his own struggles. It's really hard not to admire him for all the incredible work that he's done. So without further ado, here is my chat with Marcus Alston of Alston for Athletes. Awesome. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for being here. It's great to connect again in this virtual world. <laughs> um, and take us through your journey a bit. So you played football. What drew you to sports? Why did you choose football? Let's start there. Yeah, so my parents divorced at a pretty early age, right around uh, five years old. 
uh, began having some behavioral problems in school and in daycare. Uh, and my stepdad thought it would be best for me at the time to enroll me into football. Uh, so I started playing football at the age of seven. Uh, suffered my first concussion when I was nine years old. Uh, suffered another concussion uh, when I was 11. Uh, went on to play high school football at Mount St. Joseph High School in the Baltimore, Maryland area. Um, my junior season, I was an all-state, all-conference tight end. Uh, began getting a lot of big-time looks um, from, you know, Power Five conferences, some of my dream schools. Um, fortunately, my senior homecoming game, I suffered a Lisfranc fracture that caused me to get three surgeries on my foot. So, obviously, mm -hmm. due to the severity of my injury, I was no longer getting recruited by a lot of those big-time schools. So, that kind of began to, to put me in this depressive phase uh, because I wasn't hearing from, you know, my, my dream school, which was Florida. but uh, you know, through those tough times, I was still very fortunate enough to receive a scholarship to play D1AA football at St. Francis University up in Loretta, Pennsylvania. Uh, came in, I uh, was injured, like I said, was dealing with a third foot surgery. And um, that was really tough. Um, my mental began to digress even more. Uh, had lost my grandmother, uh, just being away from friends and family, you know, trying to find new friends, not being really the best mental state. Um, was really tough for me. Uh, so, so my sophomore season, I also uh, tore my labrum and my shoulder. So uh, I missed my sophomore season of uh, college football as well. And then my junior season was the first time I had played football since uh, I was a senior in high school. Uh, so I had a lot of rust to shake off. I was coming off of four surgeries. Um, and yeah, just Although as a junior uh, in college, I was technically still a freshman in the system. I still had to mm. learn the playbook, all those things. So uh, it was a lot. Um, I actually re-injured my shoulder during that camp. Uh, so just like well, there was a lot of question marks of just if I was going to continue to play football at that point in time, uh, just because of my health and things like that. Uh, just kind of per persevered and pushed through my senior year. Uh, I had a special group of, of guys that I came in with, and I didn't want to give up on them. Uh, so my senior year was the first time I was actually, you know, really playing on the field since my senior year, uh, getting playing time. Um, scored my first touchdown in uh, front of 25,000 people, uh, uh, number 10 in the country at the time at uh, Montana, which was a really, really cool experience uh, for me. And then um, my best friend, who was the starting tight end at the time, tore his ACL the game before conference play. And then the game, um, once conference play started, I became the starting tight end. And then, um, yeah, everything was just going really, really well for me. Ended up, um, despite being injured and, and stuff like that, uh, was scored a touchdown in the championship game and helped lead the team to its first conference championship as a D1AA uh, program. So that's basically my what led me to, you know, starting football and yeah. just my career with football. Yeah, I mean, I know it was a lot of trials and tribulations with all the injuries that you've gone through throughout your sports career. What, at what point did you decide, you know what, like, I need to start thinking about what, what I'm going to do after football? Was it that first injury? Was it, you know, senior year as you're, as you're going into that season? Like, what, what was that kind of turning point for you where you said, you know what, time to start thinking about what's next uh for me i would probably say um 
I really didn't start thinking about that till after my senior season. Um, and even then I wasn't really thinking about it too much because I still had a fifth year of eligibility. So I was still going back to college regardless. I didn't take my fifth year of eligibility. Um, you know, I just wanted to go back to college and enjoy myself with my friends before, you know, life hits you. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say I began to really, really focus on it. I would say the end of uh, my fifth year. So that would have been uh, December of 2017. Yeah. And during your time playing football, you were diagnosed with situational depression and you talked about how hard it was going through those different injuries and coming back. And then, you know, either a teammate gets injured or you have another surgery or a concussion. What led to that diagnosis and, and what was it like if you're comfortable sharing to be mm -hmm. diagnosed? Did it change how you interacted with the sport, with your teammates, with your coaches, just being a student athlete? Yeah, definitely. Um, so what led to my uh, diagnosis with situational depression? So as I had mentioned, when I came to college, I was you know 18 years old, dealing with three major foot uh, reconstruction surgeries. Um, it was three hours away from you know my immediate family and friends, uh, which was tough. I had also lost my grandmother, who was my closest relative at the time. So just all that stuff kind of piling up. And then, you know, you're starting, supposed to start new and fresh at college. Um, I was a lot of, I still had a lot of baggage from stuff that I was dealing with from senior year um, of high school. And I brought that into college. And then when I went to college, I had, you know, my own issues in itself. So uh, like I said, all that stuff started to pile up. And then I just began skipping uh, football activities. I started skipping class because quite frankly, all I would do is just sleep on and off in my dorm room throughout the day. So I just knew that was very, very unusual for me. I was just always tired all the time. And then um, I began seeking counseling services at St. Francis, um, you know, a couple months into my freshman year of college. And then I was diagnosed with situational depression at the time. And then I was put on antidepressants for a little while, and um, they began noticing a change in my mood, my uh, counselor, my coaches, uh, and some of my friends as well. Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's, there's a stigma around athletes that you just keep going, right? You fight through it, you just, you gotta suck it up, next man up, all those mentalities. When you start to think about athletes in general, and I know this is some of the work that you're, you do with Austin for Athletes, and we're going to get into that here shortly, but what, what helped you cope with that? What, what changed for you? Where you? Was it after sports when you realized, here's what I should have done? Or was it during? Did you have this kind of light bulb go off where you started and you got back into the game where you were like, okay, here's how I can try and manage the situation like what what do you suggest to athletes that might be experiencing something like this um just know that you're not alone um just because you're an athlete like you mentioned you're labeled as you know you're supposed to be a tough guy especially i know with with football players you're not supposed to show emotion but in reality we have the same thoughts and feelings as you know average people we've just been blessed with some athletic ability that's really it mm -hmm. um so just being one being knowing that it's okay to not be okay and then uh just having that self-awareness that you know something's 
wrong going going on with you and then um you know just also being brave enough to seek the help that you need in order to progress um, and move forward in, in your journey yeah i think that you're not alone is such a key in mental health and in just any of the challenges that student athletes are facing is like there's somebody else out there that's going through it also um and you know for everyone listening we talked a little bit about austin for athletes just mentioned it but how did you how did you decide to start this was it because you wanted to share what you were experiencing with other athletes and help them cope or like what was the impetus when did you start it and, and what inspired you to do it yes yeah, so um i kind of mentioned my my football journey uh, leading up until my senior year winning the championship um, mentioned i had a fifth year of eligibility i decided not to take um, so i actually had to go back to st francis get my undergrad i also got my minor um, so I just have one more semester. Um, I just w was going to go back just to have a good time with my friends. Um, and then I got into my first relationship uh, with someone that was a little bit younger than me. Um, she was telling me, like when we started originally dating, that I had deserved a lot better. Um, and I was just a little bit blinded by this, the situation, um, tolerated some things that I necessarily shouldn't have tolerated. And uh, things got progressively worse. We began dating September 2017, um, ended up breaking up a year later. Um, and because the relationship was so bad on my mental health, I was diagnosed with several underlying mental illnesses in which I had been dealing with since I was about 11 or 12 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, this put me in an extremely dark phase because it was my first relationships so everyone's first breakup is you know hearts <laughs> so uh you know that happened um a lot of i was transitioning out of sport still figuring out who i was you know outside of football trying to find my purpose and that that self-identity um mm -hmm. and a lot of my friends my my support system they were still up at school you know getting their masters getting their doctorates I was transitioning to working a nine to five job. Um, so just all that stuff piling up. Um, it was just kind of like my freshman year of college almost all over again. Um, but I think it was a little bit worse this time just because of the things that were starting to surface uh, for me. It was just uh, very, very tough for me. Like I said, it put me in a very dark place in my life. So about um, September, October of 2018 to about February 2019, um, I was in and out of psychosis, um, experienced a great deal of suicidal ideation, um, and it was very, very tough for me. Um, and I firmly believe that I had some sort of divine intervention. I was really in uh, early life type of crisis. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, things started to, um, you know, progressively get better, which was, which was great. Um, and then I just knew that at that point in time, I really had to reestablish myself. Like, who am I like out of, you know, sport? And uh, like I said, I think I had some divine intervention. I just had a lot of, I began growing spiritually. Um, I think that I had a lot of introspection on just my life and my experiences. Um, and I firmly believe at that point, it was very clear that my purpose in life is to help student athletes. Uh, go through their mental uh, health, physical health challenges, and sort of be a voice, sort of a mentor 
uh, to the younger generation um, of student athletes, especially me being biracial. I can also be, you know, the bridge between uh, two people as well. So um, I started um, writing down the goals for what was called a sports mentoring program back in uh, around May of last year. Yeah, so this has really come together, you know, over the last year during a pandemic almost. And it's what what was the goal of Alston for Athletes? What do you guys do at Alston for Athletes? And how has that changed or maybe not changed during this whole 2020 year of pandemic and sports being canceled and all that kind of stuff? Yes, so Alston for Athletes is a sports mentoring program that has an emphasis on mental health awareness. So we have a network of current and former student athletes who are youth mental health first aid certified. And what our goal is to partner with local school districts across the country and provide mentorship to the younger generation of student athletes. Um, so right now um, I'm in the process of figuring out a lot of things internally um, because the beginning of this year, um, I was wearing all the hats in the organization. Um, and it was just really tough for me to actually put my focus where it matters the most. Um, so then I knew I, I was going to focus this year on building and scaling out, a, uh, you know, a volunteer team uh, just to help, you know, grow, grow things uh, essentially. So, um, yeah, the pandemic uh, hit, unfortunately, but um, believe it or not, we've benefited from this tremendously, uh, just given that sports being canceled in the spring sports are getting canceled um, in the fall uh, so a lot of these student athletes look at their sport as that outlet for them mentally and a lot of them don't have that outlet anymore uh, they're quarantined in you know with their family that might not be the best you know living situation for them so these issues are more prominent than ever before there was actually a study that came out um, from university of wisconsin uh, Two thirds of high school student athletes are depressed and anxious due to uh, the cancellation of sports. Um, so like I said, these issues are more prominent than ever before. I really saw that as a window of opportunity for us to grow. Um, I've had been trying to grow our audience on several different uh, social media platforms. Um, and for whatever reason, I just forgot about LinkedIn um, and then um, I hadn't been on there in a very long time, uh, joined several groups, um, just started to, you know, spread the word, spread the mission, um, just trying to see people who would be interested in helping out. Um, and yeah, it's just been amazing uh, just this summer, uh, just with everything that's happened. Uh, a lot of organizations and companies, um, just due to the pandemic, they weren't able to, you know, fall through with their uh, internships. Uh, so a lot of people didn't get their, you know, plan A, B, or maybe even C. Um, and believe it or not, a lot of people just fell in my lap um, and everything just happened so quickly, you know, people wanting to intern with you um, and things like that. It was just like really, really humbling uh, for me. Uh, Pre-pandemic, I think I had about five contacts and we have about 250 um, right now. So um, just with people all over the world, um, you know, my, my goal with Austin for Athletes is to be the largest grassroots uh, student athlete mental health organization. Um, so yeah, just figuring out a lot of things internally with, with the organization, beginning to delegate things to my executive staff, 
and then having them delegate things to managers and the managers to interns um, so that I can put my full focus on you know, growing and scaling uh, the organization. But uh, there's been, this has been a very, very crazy uh, year, as we all know. But um, like I said, I'm still blessed and um, you know, humbled to, to be uh, where I'm at today. Yeah, I think you brought up a great point is as devastating as this year has been for everyone, regardless of your situation, there are some silver linings and some opportunities. Um, we also experienced a rush of interns that needed somewhere to work for the summer and it was a great experience for us. And, you know, I think for, for everyone that might be listening and saying, how can I get involved with Austin for Athletes? What kind of programming are you doing? What can student athletes do? What can non-student athletes do to help you guys and get involved yeah so um, for non-athletes um, we're gonna um, probably the beginning of next year we're probably gonna have our first fundraiser so we're gonna be looking uh, for donors and uh, you know people to, to help with getting some funding in in the organization because right now funding's a little bit uh, minimum which is totally fine like I said we're figuring out a lot of things internally right now but we're really looking to get the ball rolling uh, next year. So um, how athletes could get um, on board and help out. So we have two programs that we're launching um, in the beginning of next year. Uh, the first being our actual mentoring program. Um, so we'll have you go through Youth Mental Health First Aid, which is an eight hour long course. You'll learn the foundations of depression, anxiety, psychosis, substance use, eating disorders. You'll learn an action plan called Algae. Uh, so if there's ever a crisis situation during your mentoring uh, session, you would be able to address that crisis situation. Um, and then we would have a referral uh, program with Dr. David McDuff, who is the uh, sports psychiatrist for the Ravens and uh, the Orioles for about 17 years. And he's uh, local here um, in Maryland. So like I said, if there ever is a crisis situation, um, our mentors would be able to address that. Um, obviously, our mentors are mental health professionals, so we want to help student-athletes get the proper mental health screening a lot sooner uh, because people who are mentally ill suffer in silence on average um, of a decade, so we want to help mm -hmm. eliminate that significantly. Yeah, I think it's really important that you mentioned not only are you going to have these athletes mentor, but also be trained in what to do if something really crisis related comes up and who they can turn to. Because I think that's a big fear for people supporting is like, I'm not a mental health expert. What do I do? And so I think that's really valuable training for the athletes that you're working with as mentors that they can carry over into other opportunities that they have as well. So I kudos on that. And as you start to grow Austin for Austin for athletes, you, you said May 2019 was really when you kind of officially got things really pushed forward. And now it's August 2020. It's been a little over a year. What have you been doing to um, grow the nonprofit? Talk to us about like when you were coming to say, okay, I'm going to start a nonprofit. How did you know what to do? I think a lot of athletes start nonprofits and it doesn't, it seems like, oh, we just started a nonprofit, but it's not that easy, right? Like wh what was the process and how are you navigating all the ins and outs of running it? Um, yeah, great, great question. Um, so for me, I'm a firm believer um, in, you know, continuing to expand your knowledge just because you graduated college doesn't mean you're going to, you know, stop learning. Uh, this is 
been the most learning I've ever done probably in my life, <laughs> just uh, learning about, you know, business. Cause originally I was like, am I going to be a for-profit? Am I going to be a nonprofit? And then I decided nonprofit. And I know that nonprofits are actually a lot more complex than people know. There's a lot of moving parts um, with committees and right. things like that. So um, a lot of research, um, a lot of reading, um, just finding people who have been in the nonprofit space, you know, connecting with them, networking with them, just picking their brain. Um, and then I actually was lucky enough to come across um, an individual, his name's Barry Silversberg. One of my interns got me in contact with him. Um, her mother, my intern's mother works for Make-A-Wish um, in Austin, Texas. Um, and then she got us in contact with this guy, Barry Silversberg. He's been in the nonprofit space for about 45 years. Mm. Um, and he's actually, uh, he's helped with the uh, whole application because it is a very big learning curve um, as well. So right now for me, uh, like I said, just figuring out a lot of things internally, trying to manage all the committees um, and things like that. But just know that, um, you don't have to do like everything alone, you know, it's okay to, to ask for help. You know, this is, I've never been a CEO, founder, president before in my life. So this has been a learning experience for me just as much as it's been for, for my interns as well. So. Yeah, that's great advice. It's like, do your research, continually learn, but also don't be afraid to ask for help because yeah, the nonprofit world is super tricky and there's all kinds of legalese that you have to go through and laws yep. that you have to follow. And so you don't want to mess up <laughs> and yep. get yourself in trouble. So that's great advice. And do you think that being an athlete, obviously it helps you when you're relating to other athletes and young people about mental health and the fact that you've experienced not only situational depression, uh, borderline personality disorder, you talked about some of the underlying diagnoses that you had, mm -hmm. but Beyond that, do you think that being an athlete helped you in your endeavor of creating a nonprofit, making these relationships, or maybe did it hurt you? Like, how do you think that being an athlete has helped or hurt you in creating this organization? I think, I think it's helped me tremendously uh, just because I just know through my experiences with football and the injuries, uh, I had to go through that stuff to get to where I'm at today. If I didn't experience those things, I don't think I would have had, um, you know, those experiences, those tough times where I was sitting, you know, alone going through a lot of emotions. I don't think I would have, you know, had that, um, that created, you know, creative mind to, you know, create something like this. Um, so I think the, even the bad situations has, you know, led me to this point. And I'm, like I said, I'm even, blessed and honored through just some of the bad things. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's definitely been, uh, been uh, tricky for sure. Um, you know, like I said, I'm learning every single day. Um, every single day is, you know, a new challenge. Um, you know, that's the thing with, with mental health. Uh, you're never going to, um, it's something that's ongoing. It's not just going to solve, you know, next week, you know, for right. people with BPD, it usually takes about five years to be symptom free. Um, some mm -hmm. sooner than that, but you know, I'm a couple years into it. I know I'm on the, the path to, um, you know, full recovery. Yeah. And 
you bring that up and, and that there's, there's just a misunderstanding about mental health, I think in general. And I think we're starting as a society to break that down a little bit, be more accepting and, and try to understand better what these illnesses are. But what's something you wish everyone knew about struggling with mental health disorders? Yeah, uh, kind of how I mentioned previously, it's okay to not be okay. Like, you know, athletes, there's just, there's a stigma, stigma with mental health in our society, but there's that extra line of stigma for athletes, uh, like I had mentioned, because we're supposed to be mentally, you know, or physically tough uh, and things like that. But, you know, we have the same thoughts, feelings, emotions as, you know, a, you know everyday people. Um, like I said, we've just been blessed with, you know, athletic abilities. So um, once you notice something's going on with you, also just having that self-awareness um, to notice that something's going on with you and then being brave enough to uh, seek uh, professional um, help because, you know, it's, it's okay to, to go to, to therapy. Um, so. Yeah, no, I think right now, especially with athletes being in this state of unknown, it's absolutely like great to reach out and see who can help you, what can you do? And so my, my next question was going to be, what have you been doing to maintain a positive outlook right now mentally, given everything going on? And what advice do you have to other athletes or other executives, really anyone, about, about staying positive during all this crazy unknowns and anxiety we're experiencing? Yeah, great question. Um, my, I kind of like live by this. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I just know when I experienced those dark times, I just told myself, you're not going to get any lower than, than this. It's only, only up from here. Um, this pandemic isn't going to uh, last, I don't believe, too, too, too much longer. I don't think we're going to go the whole 2021 uh, in a pandemic. Um, so there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Um, how I'm trying to stay positive mentally is because I know that if I can triple down on what I'm doing and just remain level-headed, continuing to just grind and put in the work, figure out all the things internally with the organization, we can shed a lot of light through a lot of the situations going on in our society right now. So um, I know that we can really start to uh, scratch the surface with our organization once we get through uh, this pandemic. So like I said, I know this isn't going to last forever. So um, if I just keep grinding and do all the right things, then um, great things are going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that's a great outlook of instead of sitting here saying, oh, my God, this is terrible. Just starting to say, what can I control for the good times that are coming? Because they are yeah. coming, right? It yeah. might take a little longer than we all thought, but they are coming. And um, I think that's a really great mindset to have because you can get really overwhelmed by sitting in this present and being like, can't plan, but you can control certain things, right? And I think earlier you brought up the identity piece. And I think that's such a key issue, especially for athletes that are unsure of what the future holds for them. What would you say to an athlete that goes, I've only ever played sports. I don't know who I am outside of sports. How did you start to grapple with that? And, and I think mental health plays a big role in that. So how can, how can they figure out who they are? And, and I'm assuming that really helps their mental health as well during times like this, if they have that sense of identity. Yeah, I think it stems back to just 
uh, self-awareness, which is one of the key components um, of emotional intelligence. Um, for me, like I said, I was going through a really dark time, um, you know, very emotional, um, but I had to just kind of sit back and look at my life experiences, the things that I could, that I experienced and how could I help others and, and, you know, try to make the world, you know, a better place. You know, people's experiences are obviously different. You just kind of really have to sit back and just see, you know, the things that you've been through and then how that based off the things that you've been through, how that, how could you help um, other people essentially? That's kind of how I, um, when I was writing down my goals, which was called, you know, a sports mentoring program before Austin for athletes. Um, that's what I essentially told myself. Um, so how, you know, can pe not how people can be a service to me, but how I could be a service essentially uh, to them. And then at that point, I just knew that, um, you know, just looking at some of my other hobbies, essentially, you know, those outlets post-sport, how I can be, you know, involved in, you know, in that space, essentially, just um, kind of stems back to just being versatile, um, not just being a football player, um, you know, doing, getting involved in organizations like Austin for Athletes, like Tackle What's Next to, you know, help people, you know, in the community and, you know, do some volunteer type of work, mm -hmm. um, you know, try to learn a new skill, um, you know, those sorts of things, just be well-versed, be versatile. And then, um, you know, when football, basketball, whatever the sport may be, whenever that ends, you know, you're not in, you know, chaos, you know, you know, like, you know, you're not just sitting here like, man, what do I want to actually like do like with my life? You've have three other things you've been doing outside of football so that when that ends, you know, you can decide which direction you want to go. Like I'm a firm believer um, in a plan, you know, A through A through D. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, when I got my first internship in college, my plan A, B, and C all fell through and it led me to my plan D. And because of, you know, working with, you know, my plan D, I learned a lot about business, some of the good and bad things. And I took a lot of that stuff and applied that to my business. So everything really happens uh, for a reason. So, yeah, I think that is key is being well-rounded, right? Not just having your eggs in one basket, which is easier said than done, especially in such a grueling career path like athletics. You really don't have a lot of time and windows for putting your eggs into different baskets. But I think it's important for athletes to take that onus and accountability to say, my coach isn't going to let me have the time. My school, my athletic department isn't going to give me the time. I have to find it. I have to take it. And I have to say, you know what, instead of taking a nap in between classes today, I'm going to go to this club meeting or I'm going to go meet with my professor or I'm going to look up this um, course that I really wanted to take in my summer and take those little steps, right, to, to become a more well-rounded person, not athlete, but just a person that has other yep. interests because it does help you down the line, even if you've just started thinking about it before it happens. So that's great advice. And you can tell that you had other interests around you that you kind of didn't necessarily go through that, holy crap, you know, what is next for me? You had an inkling based on your experience, based on your internship opportunities that you were like, okay, I can do something. I got to figure out what that is, but I can do something for other people. So I love that. And 
want to keep it positive as we start to wrap this up. So as you've been building Austin for Athletes, as you've been working with athletes and young people across the Maryland area, across the country, what's the proudest moment for you so far in this like year and year and a quarter that you've been going? That's a great question. Um, to be honest, I haven't really sat down and really reflected um, on that much. Um, I would say the um, probably my team right now, um, just being able to um, not do 20, 30, 40 different things at once and um, yeah. beginning to figure out things internally, um, getting the right people on board. Um, it's just been pretty powerful to see. Actually, one of my buddies told me this um, yesterday, you know, just giving people a platform uh, to let their vo voice be heard um, and empowering others. And I'm sorry mm -hmm. to see how this is beginning to empower um, others. So um, that, that would, that would probably be my proudest uh, moment um, so far as just, you know, the team that I have. Um, but, you know, there's still a long way to go to, to reach the, uh, the mission. So I'm, I'm not uh, that satisfied yet to be, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to look back and see how far you've come a little bit, right? So I yeah, think that's great definitely. that you have a team and you're building, you're, you've gone, you've come very far from, you know, writing down your goals and kind of saying, this is what I'm going to do. You, you've definitely done a lot. So yeah, and you've impacted a lot of people so far. So that's awesome. Um, we always ask this to every guest we have on this podcast. What does the word philanthropy and being a philanthropist what does that mean to you uh, that for me that means uh, being involved in your community um, giving back to others um, like I mentioned previously not how others can be a service to you how you could be a service you know to others um, obviously there's just a lot going on in our society right now um, and I believe that despite you know the bad going on there is going to be a lot of you know, light shed despite, you know, the circumstances. Um, so just really being um, involved in the community, uh, doing great work, um, that, that would probably be uh, my sense of just what, you know, philanthropic uh, type of work would be. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, it means really anything that you're doing for others, right? I, I think mm -hmm. this stereotype is like giving money or you know being on a board and it's like those are two like specific ways of being philanthropic but just like you said it's like thinking of others is philanthropic you're giving your time or you're giving your connections or you're giving you know any of the above it doesn't just have to be monetary um so i i appreciate that definition and i i really like how you've said look, doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're in a nonprofit, whether you're in a business, whether you're trying to get a job, it's what can you do for them, not what they can do for you. So I think that's a really great outlook for all of our listeners to start applying to everyday life is not what can this person do for me? What can this job do for me? But what can I do for them? What can I do for this person? What can I do for this organization? Um, and as we close out here, what does the future look like for you, for Alston for Athletes, and, and just your advocacy for mental health for athletes and, and breaking down that stigma, really? Yeah, great question. Um, so in the future, um, like I said, our ultimate goal is to be the largest grassroots student-athlete mental health organization. Um, I really want to travel the world. Uh, when I had started this, I had promised some of my teammates who are from Florida Texas, California, 
hey, when I do my thing here in Maryland, I'm coming to your state and we're going to start this. Um, I really firmly believe that's what life's about is traveling the world, seeing the world, impacting different communities and doing that with the people um, you, you love. So um, that's what, you know, the future is looking like, um, you know, more long term um, in the short term, um, hopefully in the um, spring. So uh, Q1 of next year, hoping to launch a um, soft deployment of our mentoring program. We currently have a partnership in the works with Howard County Public School Systems. Uh, so hopefully when things start to go back to normal um, in January, you know, February, March, whenever it may be, we can begin to, um, you know, really start to, to mentor uh, some kids. Yeah, that's great. And I know you guys have a lot in the pipes that you're working on and just using this time with all those team members that you've been able to bring on to, to try and create something really special. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us about your experience or being so open about your challenges and struggles that you've been working to overcome. How can people connect with you, connect with Austin for Athletes and learn more about all the awesome programs you guys are putting together? Yes, so uh, you can follow us on social media, Alston, A-L-S-T-O-N, for F-O-R and athletes. Uh, so we're on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, we're on Twitter as well. Um, and then my personal um, social media handle is M-T-Alston, A-L-S-T-O-N. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put those uh, links and, and uh, handles in the show notes for everybody that tunes in and wants to check it out. Marcus, thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. It's so great to connect um, and, and keep in touch during this virtual time. We're both in the Maryland area, so eventually yep. we're going to have to meet up in person. <laughs> we will. It's Once social soon. distancing rules, uh, relax. But thank you for being here. Thanks for all your amazing work. And we're really looking forward to continuing to follow what you guys do. So thanks again awesome. for your time. Thanks for the opportunity, Danielle. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the first episode of season two for Big League Philanthropist. And thank you again to Marcus for jumping on the podcast. Again, you can visit the Austin for Athletes website, www.austinforathletes.org. And you can follow them on social media at the links in our show notes. If you want to learn more or get involved, you can also reach out to Marcus and follow him on social as well. We've put all that information in the show notes. So be sure to click in and, and check that out. Please, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that we can reach even more incredible listeners and share this podcast episode with a friend that you think would really enjoy the conversation. I want to thank Danielle Parr from Team Tackle What's Next for her help editing this episode, and we will see you next time for another inspiring conversation here at the Big League Philanthropist.